Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today is a very special day as we're going to be starting our second season of The Impactful Parent and all the episodes. Plus, we have a new guest speaker and we get to learn all about her and I. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I'm a mom of four kids, a teacher that has taught every grade from preschool through high school, and today I help moms and dads like yourself to navigate the exhausting, confusing, frustrating, and rewarding world of parenting. So welcome to The Impactful Parent. Now let me introduce you to my co-host and best friend, Melissa Clark. Melissa is a mom of three and has been a teacher, a social worker, and a therapist. But Melissa found her true calling with Gestalt Coaching. And today, Melissa helps people heal past wounds and step into their best self with the Gestalt Method of Therapy. Welcome to this episode of The Impactful Parent. We are really glad that you're here. Uh, How are you today, Melissa? Good. Yeah. Good morning, Christina. Oh my gosh. I am so super excited to have (laughs) you on and you're just going to be another rich layer to all the things that we're doing. So I just want to clarify the audience who have been listening to us for quite a while that it's typically in the past been me and I bring on guest speakers and it's very content rich, full of great advice and tips and tools for parents. But in season two, I wanted to mix things up. I want to change things around. And honestly, I wanted to make things a lot more personal and what better way to make things personal than to bring my best friend for (laughs) that. We've known each other for years onto the show because you bring so much value to parents yourself. Of course, you don't help just parents. You help children, you help other adults that don't have to have children. You're just a helper (laughs) in general, but you have so much to give to the impactful parent community with not only your three kids who are super different from each other, (laughs) (laughs) but also your expertise. And so I just wanted to say welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. And I hope that this new season of the impactful parent brings more people because it's just two girlfriends talking, (laughs) you know, we're just going to let it all out. So uh, I hope you're ready for this because we're going to try to be really candid and, and hopefully entertaining in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm super excited to be doing this with you. Yeah. Well, very briefly, can you tell us a little bit about your background with uh, Gestalt? What the heck is that? First of all, because I know people heard that Mm -hmm. intro and they're like, what? Before you, I'll be honest, I never heard of it before either. So just really quickly, because we want to get into some more rich things about who yes. we are as people, but professionally, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, most of my clients are virtual, but I also have an in-person practice and I actually do equine coaching. It's bringing the horses in for therapy. Um, Gestalt, the best way to explain it, because it is kind of, it's more of an experience. So it's a little bit hard to explain. It's much easier to show you in person, but the best way to explain it is that it's a journey through finding uh, yourself through this process of self-awareness. So when we're actually doing Gestalt, it's very experimental. It's getting up, it's moving around versus just sitting and talking about what's happened or talking about what what you're going through. It's a much more immersive experience. 
um, and it helps people become more connected to themselves, connected to their uh, people around them, what their vision is for themselves, their values. It's a much deeper dive versus just talking about it, which is what typical therapy is. And I'm so excited about this. I'll have you know, audience, that when in the middle of our relationship, Melissa and I, I'd known her for years still prior to that, and I, I was having trouble with one of my own children who was going into a depression. And we will talk about that later. But um, as I was going through that, Melissa said to me one day, you need to look into this kind of therapy because I had tried several kinds of talk therapy with my daughter at the time who was 16 years old and it did not resonate with her at all. She freaking hated it mm -hmm. like with a passion. She did not get any value from sitting there and talking it out with somebody yeah. who, even though after a while isn't a stranger, it just didn't work for her. Mm -hmm. So I went and looked into the Gestalt method, which at the time I couldn't hire Melissa. She wasn't all the way fully trained yet, but we had, I just was intrigued by this new thing. And honestly, I was desperate, like looking for anything I can do to help my kid and found an exceptional woman in my area who not only did the Gestalt method, but also did the equine part with the horses. And it was literally the horses that changed my child's life. Yes. Like it is nothing that anybody, like you said, can describe, but it was a godsend for our family because it was finally a type of therapy that my teenager could get on board with and felt that it actually helped them. And I just wanted to say that I know <laughs> as a personal, yeah. personal testimony, mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. And I'm really excited about the work that you do because that was several years ago and now you're doing it yourself. Yes. Yeah. And the horses are the amazing piece of it. And it's so wonderful to work with clients in a co-active experience, right? Versus just a talk therapy session is, well, okay, well, let's come in and we're going to sit face to face. And we're going to talk about things that can be super intimidating for people, especially younger people. So to have the horse there is a very non-judgmental coach. They're, they're actually a partner. They're not just there as a prop. They're actually a partner in the coaching experience that, that, help clients in a way that cannot be described. Melissa, it's, why it's horses? Impossible. <laughs> why not dogs? Like dogs are amazing and very loving mm -hmm. and therapeutic, but why horses? Yes. So dogs are dogs are the closest thing when it comes to helping people with horses. Um but but horses are they're literally another animal altogether, right? So if you think about horses in the wild, they're pack animals, they have to listen to and pick up on different energies of the herd. And they usually have a, a alpha, uh, alpha mare and a stallion, and they're in charge. They have, they have a leader and there's a hierarchy to them. And so if there's danger out there, they have to be, and this can be from 60 miles away, they can pick up energies from a very long distance in order to keep themselves safe. So they use their intuition and their energy to be able to pick up on what's going on around them. If there's a predator out there, the weather's changing, whatever. So they're highly, highly sensitive creatures and they can communicate with each other, obviously without words. They can just do it with their energy. So with when it comes to helping people, they have a sensitivity to our energies. They can pick up on our heart 
heartbeat. And, and if you are quiet enough and still enough, you can actually feel their heartbeat when you're standing next to them, which is incredible because they have a huge field of energy around them, which is not like, like dogs are like sweet and friendly and they're good companions, but horses, because of this sensitivity to energies, it's a whole other ball game. They're very sensitive and they actually want to try and it's almost like a tuning up. If you think about how sound waves work, they tap into our energetic waves and they try and tune us up. So if we're in a dark space, really negative energy, we're just not like in a depressed or an ang they hate anxiety, anything like that. If we're in that like really anxious space, they'll try and tune our energies up. And I, and I would not have believed this at all if I didn't experience it myself. I had to go and experience it, try it out for myself to, to believe it. And it's, it is astonishing. And once you find, once you have that connection with the horse and you can feel it, your, your life will never be the same. It's amazing. Again, I'm going to personal testimony to that mm -hmm. because once I had my child do it, I also was invited to a few sessions and able to experience it myself with my child. And it was so amazing to see the coach at the time um, interpret the language and the mm -hmm. feelings of what the horse was doing. Because the horse was definitely interacting with me. And the minute I would step into the ring, um, the horse, the one particular horse was very, mm -hmm. I don't know, intrigued with me, came over, needed to be like rubbing on me. Mm -hmm. It was a little intimidating because it's a massive animal and I'm not it used is. to horses. Mm -hmm. I don't ride horses. I'm not a huge horse person like that. Mm -hmm. So um, a little scary to have this massive animal kind of like, what's going on? And like rubbing up against mm -hmm. me. Um, but at the same time, super magical when I have this therapist there who is trained in reading the language of that horse and telling me mm -hmm. what it was like and also doing. really interesting I would like to, the audience to know that the horses have a voluntary experience if they don't want to be a part of the session they totally don't mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that was another misconception I had when I was going into this with me and my child was uh I kind of just thought the horses were going to be there for sure like all the time always mm -hmm. um and to know that the horse had a choice, they were just in the arena with us and came over whenever they felt needed. <laughs> like that was fascinating to me. And you, like you said, just completely unlike anything that I've ever experienced before. Yes. Super cool. Just super cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We call that being on free liberty. So they are, they're invited to come into the session. And if we're too much in our head, they won't come around. They, if you start doing math in your head, we can do experiments with them. If you're walking around doing math in your head, they won't come with you. But if you tap into your emotions and think of either like the happiest day or the saddest day of your life, they will join right up and be right there with you. They don't like it when we're in our heads, but when we're in our, when we're in our feelings, that's when they join up. Now I want to get into us a little bit. <laughs> and um, how long have we known each other? Oh man, it's, it has to be close to 10 years. I think so yep. too. It's quite a while. Almost 10 years. A lot together. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember where we first met? We met at an organization called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers at a church in Denver. Um, yeah, and I think we knew of each other in passing when we were there, but you had an event at your house at one point that I showed up to. And I think that was our first real personal interaction. 
I want to now talk to you about um, some of the different mom hats that we've had in our past because we've known each other for years and we didn't know each other for the whole time. But what I do know is that even within the 10 years that we've been together, there's a lot of different mom hats. Yes. And what I mean by mom hats is as you're growing through life and you have kids, sometimes your role shifts quite a bit. So I'll start with myself. For those of you who don't know, because I don't really talk about this, is I had my first child at the age of 25, uh, my oldest son. He is now 21. Um, and then I had my second child at the age of like 26. And that child is also already in college. And then I had this massive break in the middle where I was actually uh, trying to foster to adopt. I wanted to have more children, but my husband and I at the time also felt strongly about maybe helping another kid that might need a good home environment. So we went through the entire process of foster to adopt through the city. And I, that'll be my, one of my first hats is I did that that program to know what it's like to foster, to adopt, went through the entire thing. Now, here's where my experience with that stops is as soon as I was all registered to go, we had the stamp of approval saying, you can have a child come into your home. My mom's cancer came back and my mom had ovarian cancer. Um, I say had because yes, my mom did pass away from ovarian cancer uh, not too long after that. And I knew, in fact, it was one of the more heartbreaking things. I'm trying not to shake right now. I was even speaking about it. Um, that when ovarian cancer comes back, your likelihood of survival drops dramatically. And so I just didn't, knowing the statistics, but very hopeful for my mother, I just still felt like there's no way that I could like be true to a, a child who needed me and be true to my mother who would need me exponentially going back through chemo, back through the battle at the same time. So I we just put the foster adopt on hold and tried to have another child. And as I um, tried to have another child, I actually had a couple of miscarriages in the middle of that and along the way. And finally, I was able to get pregnant with my third. And there's a big gap between my, my kids because of that, that journey that I took in the middle to know what it's like to, to lose both that, um, with the, with the miscarriages being so hopeful and, and doctors telling me that, nope, nothing's wrong. You just are getting the luck of the draw of not being able to conceive right now, um, and then finally waiting and getting getting pregnant again. And then after that, having even another. So I have my four. Through that time, I have been a stay-at-home mom with my first two kids. Like, so know what that is to have your husband support you and you get to be at home and and just sit with them all day long. <laughs> Good for bad, right? <laughs> You've been a stay-at-home mom, you know what I'm talking about. It's wonderful, but it's a lot <laughs> to be with children all day long with no adult interaction. It will get to you. Um, so I, I know what that is. I also know what it's like to go back to work part-time when my kids got a little bit older and were able to go into preschool for some of the day. Um, that was great. It was fun to go back and go back 
work and experience that. Then I also went through a stint of um, my divorce, which forced me to go back to work full time. And so I've been a full time mom going through a divorce. I also I was I can't remember if I was still married at the time or not. Um, but soon after being a single mom and working full time and having four children. And then I decided to go back to school during all of that. So I have been a single mom working full time, trying to get to school and earn a degree online. <laughs> and still with the four kids at home, all four at home. Um, and finally, I'm in this new stage where I have two kids out of the house. I have run my own business where I get to determine my own hours, but I'm still working full time, very much full time. <laughs> But at least I get to dictate my own hours and I get to work virtually a lot. Um, So I know what it's like to be that entrepreneur mom and still single mom, still have four kids, but two of them are out of the house, but two are still definitely here with me. And in middle school, I got two middle school kids. (laughs) So (laughs) that's kind of been my mom hat journey with the different types of roles I played. What about you, Melissa? What kind of different... um, parenting journeys have you been Mm -hmm. through? Yeah. Oh, I love doing this. I get to learn more about you. This is so great. So my journey has been a little bit different. I had my first daughter when I was 19. I actually had her the day after I graduated from high school. So I was really young and that was not a good relationship. So it didn't last long term. Um, and right after, so I had, I was growing up while I had my daughter. Right. So I went through my 20s. I decided to go back to school because I wanted to teach and I wanted to help other kids that had kind of had a similar journey to mine, the childhood background stuff. And so then so then I was being a single mom with a, a little one by myself and I was young myself, no support from her dad. And uh that was it made us so close to this day we are incredibly close because we had each other and we we essentially grew up together fast forward a few years i was teaching um i ended up getting married and having two more children two more kids with my husband at the time and i then i became a stay-at-home mom too because it just made more sense as a teacher to just it would make more sense to stay at home with my kiddos than to put them in childcare just so i could go teach um, I missed teaching, so I eventually did go back to it, but I was a single mom for about, or a stay-at-home mom for about five years in there, and that's when I met you, because I was so done with being at home by myself. It was so challenging, and not having a good support system, so that's where that's where I reached out to MOPS, and I'm not super religious, but it was right down the street. I'd say I'm more spiritual than religious, so MOPS was right down the street, and convenient, so I would show up, and um yeah, that was one of the best decisions actually was going going to MOPS and meeting meeting you. It was such a gift. So stay at home for a little bit. Once we finally that relationship did not last either. So I was divorced about ten years ago, right around the same time that you and I met, actually. Yeah, we were um, both going through right. some bad relationship stuff that yes. we identified with. That's that's kind of how we we bonded together. Bonded. We're going through yes. this. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Why didn't life turn out the way we Why? thought? <laughs> Not planned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's actually what brought you and I closer together. The kids part was there, but it was that we were going through stuff at the same time mm-hmm. that really brought us together. And so, yeah, left that marriage. And then I went back to teaching 
for a while. I worked at a, um, a preschool for a few years, and then I got a job at a residential treatment center in Denver, working with really high-risk youth, and that's where I decided that I wanted to work more on the mental health side of things versus teaching. So, um, so then I went back to school also. So same thing, I was teaching full-time, getting my master's, working on that, having kids running all over town, getting to school and, and activities and stuff. Um, it was a tough time. It was fun and productive, but man, it was busy. That was challenging and stressful. Um, to fast forward a little bit, COVID actually helped me leave teaching for good. And I stepped into my therapy practice. I had to finish my supervision and internship and then moved into my own private practice. So I've been doing that pretty much since COVID and been at the same thing, be able to make my own hours. I set my schedule. I'm the boss, which I love, <laughs> and it's been working really well being able to still be there all the time for my kids, and but also being able to have my own business. So it's been working out really well. Yeah. I am so grateful that we did all that together because that last ladder part, we were both in parallel paths mm -hmm. with, we both <laughs> felt like we, I think how do I write phases? We had the same vision for ourselves. We yeah. need to be more flexible. How are we going to be a single mom and take care of our kids? Melissa and I both put our yes. kids as super, like number one priority. And so mm -hmm. it's so hard to work for somebody else and still have the time to put in um, to parenting. I mean, yeah. it's just hard. It is. Yep. Everybody has to do it. But um, to be able to create your own schedule is a small gift uh, that helps at least put something back onto your plate where, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a game changer between I have to do this and I get to choose when I have to do this. Yes. Huge difference. And yep. both of us kind of saw that and said, can we get there? Can we, can we really work mm -hmm. for ourselves? Um, and so we're both having these really difficult divorces. Um, and, and completely different divorces, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. I hope you don't mind me saying, but like Melissa left, Cho said it was not a good environment for her and her kids and left that ex-husband. On the other hand, I was being left and I did, was holding on to my marriage, like so tight. I didn't want to let it go and, uh, was struggling with that, but we were both in the same place. And then yeah. moving forward, looking at our goals saying, we're both teachers. We love this profession, but it just freaking takes too much time, too much emotional stress on us. And, and it doesn't make money. Let's just yeah. say it. It's yep. how it do you sustain pay. your kids on a teacher's salary alone? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And it's so I was saying, how do we do this? What are our talents? And really, honestly, we both came to the same conclusions parallel, not even together. Mm -hmm. We never sat down together and said, yeah. I think I'm going to open my own business, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> never done that. We just kind of got there organically on our own, but supporting each other literally parallel as we were going through it. Um, so it's been really cool. Me going into the parenting space and you going into the mm -hmm. therapist space. Um, again, this goes back to how similar we we just kind of think and are and and put our priorities and and still wanting yeah. to give to the world and helping people, but kids being our first priority. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it really is a gift being your own boss of being able to say, "Yep, yeah, I I can put my kids first. 
which is not easy to do for a lot of people with regular full-time jobs. Work typically has to come first because you're always at risk of losing that job if, yeah. if you don't put it first, which is, which is scary. Understandable, that's what a lot of people, most people have to do, but it is scary. So yeah, I feel like it is a gift being able to do this. It is. It has been a gift and it's not for everybody. Entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. Definitely I will say not. that too. Like I'm making it sound like it's easy. It is equally as stressful yes. and time consuming, even more time consuming than a regular job. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm grateful for where I'm at. And it's nice knowing that I have skill sets that I can go back to working for somebody else if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Thank you for listening today. Join Melissa and I for part two of this podcast, where we're going to talk about our children. Yep, all seven of them, and how different and challenging each one could be. I bet you have a child like one of ours that you can relate with, so I hope that you take a listen and learn more about us as we begin season two of The Impactful Parent. See you soon. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.